Oh, hey there, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Let's rock. <laughs> this is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today, we're going to be discussing the weirdest in video game music, I guess. <laughs> this is an interesting play-in track. Uh, today is a Patreon-suggested episode on Lunar, the Silver Star. This topic comes from our patron, Steven. So thanks, Steven, for your support. This is going to be interesting. Basically, Steven's idea for this episode was to compare two different soundtracks uh, for the same basic game. There was an original game for the Sega CD, which came out in 92, and then years later there was a remake that had entirely different music. It was a different soundtrack, and so it was Steven's idea that we would kind of compare and contrast the two versions of this today. And so this is going to be interesting. This is a, a game that I don't think either of us had ever heard of before, so it's definitely not something we ever would have thought of on our own. So this should be an interesting time. Uh, this I will say this play-in track is not indicative of the entire <laughs> sound of this game. So similar to some games in the early 90s, that featured, you know, early CD-ROM audio. There, there were some composers that got really excited to to make songs like this, but usually it was just done for like the opening. So this is, I think, the the song that plays for the opening cinematic of the game. But most of the most of the soundtrack is actually instrumental. So, Will, before we get into this, what is your reaction of this first track, "Fighting Through the Darkness"? Well, I definitely have no idea what to expect because <laughs> that was very unexpected. I thought I actually thought the melody w- was pretty good. Uh, the lyrics it was a well written song. Yeah, the lyrics are very silly. It's one of those things where in my opinion i think the melody was composed first and then someone had the duty of trying to write the lyrics to fit it and sometimes it's it's difficult to do that like you have to squeeze in a bunch of syllables in a short it's also amount possible of time that uh the words had to be vaguely translated from like mm-hmm. maybe original japanese lyrics or something right all right so we're gonna get into it like we said the original game uh lunar the silver star came out for the sega cd and this was in 92 so it was an example of a game that was pretty quick to embrace uh cd-rom technology so definitely higher quality audio than you know any other game you would be playing at the time and the lead composer for this game is a is a composer that we've uh, talked about and praised a lot on the podcast noriyuki iwadare uh, he was joined by Hiroshi Fujioka. So, uh, yeah, Iwadare uh, would return uh, to work on the updated remake soundtrack that we'll get to on the second half of the episode. So, all right, let's keep going. Uh, we're now going to move on to what's called the Dark World theme from Lunar the Silver Star. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Thank you. 
What a rousing start for this score. This is the Dark World theme from Lunar the Silver Star, not to be confused with Zelda music. This is composed by Noriyuki Iwadari as well as Hiroshi Fujioka. And if anyone kind of recognizes that name Iwadari, he's a very prolific video game composer, most known for uh, the Grandia series, Grandia and Grandia 2. Um, I also am familiar with some of his other work, such as Monstania, which is a Super NES game that I'm a big fan of. He also did the Power Rangers the Movie soundtrack, which I actually think is, is really good. But, well, all right, let's let's start talking about this. Will, what are your thoughts on this Dark World theme? I really like the, the tone of it. I like how um, kind of rousing and triumphant it feels in the kind of Dorian mode, heroic, almost film music sound. Yeah. Um, in terms of the implementation, I'm really not just a fan of how these general MIDI sounds um, age. Uh, right. I, I just don't think they, they hold up necessarily. But that's not exactly, you know, Iwadare's fault. I mean, that's just sort of the technology that was available at the time. And we've talked before about the concept of the uncanny valley and how sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, these early CD consoles, um, even into like the PlayStation and stuff tend to not age super well, um, just because for whatever reason, it was kind of this dawn of sort of a newer digital age in games and maybe composers, hadn't developed the kind of taste or production aesthetic that maybe they uh, ultimately came into. Well, it's also the technology too. And and this game definitely falls right in the middle of that uncanny Valley era, where if you look at the technology that composers like Iwadari had to work with the sequenced instruments and the use of general MIDI, that was kind of all they had. So, you know, these string sounds at the time, this is probably the best they were able to get if they weren't able to record a real orchestra. So yeah, it's interesting. We're definitely going to hear some of those uncanny Valley sounds throughout the playlist today. So it'll be interesting to see if we can maybe separate the compositions from that even though that's really hard to do i will say that i um i do think the piece is good i don't think it's great Mm -hmm. um i i I, there are lots of pieces of music like this in games or in films um and i like that i like the mood and the style that it's going for Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think that um I would put this melody up with, uh, you know, some of my favorite heroic rousing themes, but it's, it's pretty good. It's definitely, there are things about it that are memorable. I agree. All right, let's move on to a delightful piece of music. This is Berg, and it strikes me that it might be like an early village or town theme. Let's take a listen to this from Lunar the Silver Star.
This is delightful. You guys are listening to Berg from Lunar the Silver Star. Lead composer here is Noriyuki Iwadare, legendary video game composer. This is so great. Uh, there's a couple of instances on this score uh, where there's pieces of music that have heavy classical influence, not just in the arrangement and the sound of this fake orchestra, but really solid writing, authentic writing here. We're going to go back to this. This, in general, reminds me also of a lot of 90s um, symphonic music, film score, you know, video game music that is trying to kind of sound, you know, things like, like Dragon Quest, uh, music that's trying to sound really happy and kind of royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, this uh, th- I think this this is definitely so far um, setting a nice precedent for uh, high quality game music. Yeah, I really love that kind of uh, just the in general the arrangement is fantastic. Uh, the way it starts off with the pizzicato strings, yeah, um, and the flute, it's really cute, and it, it definitely gives you the exact vibe that Carl was describing the track with that it's this sort mm-hmm. of subdued village theme idea um it's very friendly and inviting in that second chord where it goes to sort of the the lydian moment if you will the mm-hmm. uh, major two chord um that's the moment that makes it feel sort of like film music or, or slightly more modern and very hopeful and earnest um but then after that it goes from a major two chord to a minor two chord. Mm. So it's kind of flirting between, you know, that Lydian sound and the just Ionian major sound. And then it follows um, this melodic sequence in a way that does feel a little bit more classical. But to me, this is a harmonic language that just makes me think of great Japanese video game music, honestly. Interesting. It's, uh, the way that this piece comes together, um, I'm, I'm reminded a little bit of stuff from like the Dragon Quest series possibly yep uh the when it get when uh the melody returned in sort of a more classical quasi march style i was actually really reminded of yoko shimamura's work on uh super mario rpg Mm, interesting Um, so it just yeah this is this feels like a kind of hidden classic um, video game tune. I absolutely adore this. And I didn't even it's talk great. about the melody, which is phenomenal. And it's very simple, but I love that about it, that it sort of follows this strict sequence. And it also does a really difficult thing, I think, which is complete the phrase in a natural way. Right. One of the hardest things about writing a melody is the final few notes is kind of ending it. Our, a lot of composers aren't necessarily able to stick every landing. And I really love the way that this phrase sort of wraps itself up. It's a great piece of music, one of the strongest in the series. Let's move on to the battle theme. Now, this is an RPG game, so the battle music is pretty much exactly what you'd expect. Uh, Really high energy, kind of synth rock. And it's another example of the diversity that these RPG soundtracks have. You know, you go from something like Berg, which is very authentic classical orchestral music, to something like this. Couldn't be more different. Let's take a listen to Battle.
listening to Battle from Lunar Silver Star, composed by Noriyuki Iwadare and Hiroshi Fujioka. This track sounds to me like someone took an old, long-lost, like, 8-bit NES uh, rocking video game tune and, like, made a crappy 90s general MIDI cakewalk arrangement of That's it. That's pretty much what this is, because yeah. Because <laughs> the song is fantastic. The melody is great. It's very driving. It's in a style or genre that is totally part of, I guess, like, the existing, you know, zeitgeist of game music Mm -hmm. but the sound here i'm sorry it's just like it just doesn't hold up you know that no um, it's it's early bass sound it's early 90s general midi is what we're listening to we're gonna hear a lot of midi music today and yeah it, it is interesting at the time this was one of the best ways that these composers were able to implement this this kind of music on a cd you know the other option would have been to to record real performers which which would have been more expensive and especially at the time it was it's not something you can just do uh, quickly and cheaply like you can now uh and so yeah at the time this was kind of the best they had but it, it it's definitely one of those things where you, you listen to the start of this and that slap bass uh <laughs> just the overall sound of the drums and all the instruments it's it's incredibly cheesy it, it's definitely squarely in that uncanny valley territory um so yeah it's it's going to be an interesting ride today uh, on this episode i think overall my my uh experience with listening to this music really well composed music um presented in a way that is sometimes hard to digest so i think we're going to continue with that today let's let's move on now this is cool so there actually were a few pieces of music where they were able to record this vocalist and uh the character must be named luna because this is called luna's song and it's kind of the main theme in some way of this game and it's really pretty so let's take a listen to luna's song from lunar the silver star Sweet. You guys are listening to Luna's song from Lunar, the Silver Star, composed by Noriyuki Iwadare and Hiroshi Fujioka. I think this is a beautiful melody, and I actually love that it's just la la la. It's like this simple lullaby that this character is singing. I imagine her actually, you know, sitting in like a garden actually playing this harp and, and, and singing along. <laughs> Yeah, it's so enchanting, uh, beautiful vocal performance and such a sweet and innocent melody, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, I really love um, the harp is made to sound more real contextually based on the fact that uh, there's an actual human voice singing along to it. Right. I don't think you'd notice some of the... Uh, you know, more synthy elements of the way it was implemented in the way that you do in, say, like, that battle track. Yeah, it definitely works. Um, until that kind of <laughs> glissy run at mm-hmm. the end, where it's just, like, comp- where it's just perfectly even rhythms and, <laughs> like, equal attack, and that just 
doesn't sound supernatural. But yeah, you kind of hear the. You know, I there. actually like that though. There's like a charm to that. It reminds me of Ocarina of Time or mm-hmm. something. It's it's there's something really charming and sweet about this like video game harp playing along to a beautiful singer singing a- yeah there's definitely some interesting discussion that we could have today as far as talking about this overall general midi presentation this is not rare for video games in the 90s even like will is mentioning to things like the 64 the playstation we heard so much amazing music that all of us grew up with you know that was presented in a way that is honestly quite crappy Um, And I think there's something interesting about that, where I think being a fan of video game music, one skill that I think you obtain over the years is using your imagination to separate melodies and musical material from presentation. Hmm. And that's definitely something that not everyone's able to do. I noticed that people that, that didn't grow up listening to video game music, they have a really hard time. If you show them a piece of music from the Sega CD or the PlayStation, you know, or even the N64 sometimes they'll have a reaction of like, oh man, this sounds really dumb and dinky. And they are not able to separate the presentation from the the actual musical material. So I think being a fan, especially as a kid of growing up with this music, it kind of just becomes normal and you you access your imagination in, uh, I think, a pretty powerful way. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about video games in general is that um, I, I, you could say like film, they're a medium that grew as the technology was growing and as people were figuring out how to basically create their art within this rapidly changing technological industry. Um, and that's one of the exciting things about it. And one of the reasons why I think we keep returning and have this fascination with the kind of retro style both in games and with music um i think it's more than just nostalgia i think there's also like an imagination that is conjured up by the player or really the audience member mm-hmm. um because of the limitations and i think totally. there was a lot of creativity and imagination displayed by designers and artists and composers Um, Back in the early days of of video games that when you kind of take some of those restrictions away, maybe that's not the same kind of thing that people feel that they see um, every day in games now. Yeah, you're not required to use your imagination as much because, you know, the graphics and the audio and visuals and everything is is so good that you can kind of take it at face value. Uh, All right. So let's move on to the big boss theme. And this is a very epic, rousing orchestral boss theme from Lunar the Silver Star. Let's take listen to this. You know, this soundtrack in my mind kind of exists as this time capsule where you're able to hear the audio technology that existed in the early 90s, something that 
you know, it's clear based on the energy of this music that at the time this was so exciting. They were so excited to be able to present music that sounded definitely more expressive than an NES. You know, you can actually hear that this is supposed to be a, a trumpet and a harp and a French horn, and you can kind of tell what these instruments are trying to be. But listening to it nowadays, uh, it's a totally different experience because it's almost endearing and a little bit funny that, uh, you know, just how fake this sounds to our, you know, 2018 ears. That was a uh, big boss from Lunar, the Silver Star. Compositionally, though, I do think it strikes up the imagination because of how faithfully they're writing for an orchestra. Yeah. And I feel like they're writing in a more dynamic, flashy, and I think a highly idiomatic way. Um, to try to, in the music and the melodies and ideas themselves, evoke connotations of orchestral writing right. because the instrument sounds themselves aren't necessarily enough to get you there. Nowadays, we have scores that utilize large symphonic orchestras, but we don't often get this type of score, if that makes yeah, sense, that in a modern game, because this is so unabashed. I mean, that kind of timpani, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you almost think of that as like an orchestral cliche, like when people think of the timpani. Um, obviously, things like that occur in orchestral writing, but I would say in general, a lot of modern video game music is um, more nuanced or I guess subtle in terms of the approach or minimal. Uh, minimalism is the big thing now. Yeah. But what I enjoy about this is that they're they're almost taking a more classical or traditional approach to exaggerate or um, you know make a caricature out of the different groups of the orchestra. And to me, it makes it more exciting and imaginative just as a piece of music to listen to. Well, if you thought they did that in Big Boss, they're definitely going to do that more in this next piece of music. This is called Dance. And I think it's a very authentic classical waltz. I think Will's going to get a, a real kick out of this. Very beautiful. This is one of the highlights for me uh, that I found in the first score. Let's take a listen to Dance from Lou Lunar the Silver Star. classical authentic waltz <laughs> <laughs> especially that ending right that was dance from lunar the silver star um lead composer is noriyuki iwadare you can tell that iwadare definitely was trained uh and has a has a love of classical music because it's it's evoked in a lot of his video game compositions actually um so that's something that he's kind of known for and at the time uh, I think one of the reasons why he was able to find work, and actually his work on this score was pretty pivotal for him. He actually apparently won an award when this game came out, uh, a video game music award, I think, in Japan for his work on the score. 
I adore this piece. And to me, I'm really reminded of a lot of like French comic opera music um, because it is a waltz, but it doesn't make me think so much of like, you know, Johann Strauss or Tchaikovsky or anything like that. Part of it is the arrangement, the use of that kind of bass drum and that there's something almost sarcastic or funny or satirical yes. about it, which a lot of uh, French comic opera music of a certain era was kind of satirical and was, um, you know, satirizing maybe a, a certain elite class of people in France at the time. Um, and, you know, th- you think of like where the origins of like the can-can, uh, right. that type of piece, th- this kind of feels like more in that style. And I think that's also uh, exaggerated by the fact that it is used as this joke and it has this kind of wind down ending where everything um, sort of falls apart. Mm-hmm. What's so great about it, and we've talked about this before, but it's a way of utilizing music as comedy, and the best way to do that is to make something that's actually intrinsically great. This is a beautiful melody. It's wonderfully written, um, but that's what makes it all the more uh, humorous, because they're using something that actually has substance in then kind of turning that on its head as a joke, where if it wasn't a well-written piece of music, I don't think it would be as funny when it starts to fall apart. Because it's very surprising because you kind of get immersed into just how real it feels and then all yeah, of a sudden it sounds it like stops. an actual piece of classical music is, that we could imagine existing this is one of those early 90s game music pieces where i would love to hear this orchestrated um i i don't i'm not familiar of there being any sort of concert or you know orchestral arrangement of this music no that was pretty popular back then in the 90s but i don't know if this this saw that this really has a dragon questy uh Sugiyama vibe to it, it absolutely to me, does. for sure. All right, let's move on to the last track of the day for the first game, and we're going to play a few more tracks from the second uh, today than the first. Uh, I, I thought it was maybe a little bit more more strong than the first, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But the last one of the first game today is, is the credits theme, and this uses that melody that we first heard in Luna's song, and then it goes into some new material. Let's take a listen to the credits. You guys are listening to credits from Lunar the Silver Star. Really well composed early 90s orchestral MIDI music here with a little bit of real performance as well. It's definitely an interesting mixture. Um, it, it does kind of show the contrast, uh, you know, between hearing that real singer and then hearing the sequenced. Uh, orchestral music uh yeah whenever whenever that vocalist is present it it does kind of up 
the immersion of the music. You kind of forget, you know, some of those fake sounds. But then when she stops singing, it, it becomes maybe more apparent that you're listening to uh, MIDI music here. But yeah, I think the writing is 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 really good and. And I think one way that composers in this era are able to immerse the players, and this was also common with old systems like the NES or the Super NES, is with idiomatic writing and beautiful melodies. I think if you didn't have that, you would you would have absolutely nothing about this that would be endearing because the presentation is, is not going to necessarily conjure that up for the player. So you re- it really forces you as a composer to have something strong to sequence I- into this because if you don't, you know, what are you left with? That's a very good point. But it does get back to a philosophy that I hold, and I imagine you and um, Marty and a lot of our uh, musician friends share, which is that um, the substance is more important than the presentation. Um, Not to say that presentation is not important. And I think sometimes that might be something that people could have misunderstood from listening to our, our podcast over the years that, you know, it's really just about having a catchy melody. That's the only thing that matters. Um, I, I don't want to necessarily say that. I do think that context is very important and it is sort of a reality of how people listen. I mean, you can kind of coach someone to say, listen to the idea underneath, but that does take skill. Presentation is important and it is what a lot of people listen to. However, I do think what gives a piece of music its true identity, kind of the heart and soul, the lifeblood of something is its foundational musical elements, which would be melody, harmony, rhythm, uh, chord structure, things like that. I do think arrangement and orchestration are kind of the next level of giving something identity, and that's probably the most surface-level thing, almost like clothing or something. But then when it comes to uh, production sound, recording, fidelity, all those things, to me, that's like the... Not to say it's the one I care the least about, but that's the least sacred element. Right. That's the element where it's like, you know, if you're if you have a crappy recording on your phone that's compressed and distorting of John Williams conducting the London Symphony Orchestra playing the Imperial <laughs> March, right. you, it's still the Imperial March. You can still tell it's an orchestra mm-hmm. and it's still amazing. Um, it's just not being delivered in a really clear vehicle. And Absolutely. I guess I sort of see this as something like that. They were unable to provide you with... Um, what their imagination and what they expect your imagination to create. Um, but this music is almost like a placeholder for that is kind of a conduit. Um, it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, we don't get to actually hear as much of the kind of wonderful performance that maybe we would imagine in our minds. Well, let's now move on to the remake. And this is going to be the second thing we're going to be focusing on today. And let's try to have some discussion, maybe comparing and contrasting the two versions of the game. So the remake came out, I think, in 98 for the PlayStation. It was called Lunar Silver Star Story. And Nuriyuki Iwadari came back to work on this as well. It looks like just by himself, 
Uh, there's no other accredited composer for this. Now, another interesting thing is I believe there was a Japanese-only version that also had exclusive music as well. So not only is this different music from the original, but the Japanese version had apparently some different music than the American version. So we're going to play, I think, three pieces of music from that exclusive Japanese version and then uh, the rest from the uh, North American version. So, okay, let's start off with the opening song of this game, uh, which also features cheesy vocals. This is called Wings from Lunar Silver Star Story. talk this this is rough this, this is rough to listen to it's it's so incredibly cheesy uh the the lyrics the the way that they're this is exactly what i was talking about with the fighting through the darkness the way they're trying to squeeze so many syllables into a predetermined melody is is the worst um hmm. I, I think to be to be clear though i think this is a really good melody i think it's it, it's a well-written melody that if it was performed maybe with an instru instrument um, I think would work really well or maybe yeah. with uh, a different approach to the lyrics it could work um, but the presentation that we have here this I mean this this is rough <laughs> it's hard um, just talking about writing lyrics for a second I I, I guess I mean first of all um, syllabically I guess it, uh, the lyrics all work like it's not mm -hmm. emphasizing the wrong stresses of syllables um it, so it, it 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 doesn't feel um awkward in that way i guess more what carl and i are talking about is a sense of taste really when what the actual lyrics are you know just talking about you know, dreams and magic and thoughts and all this stuff. It, that's good kind of generic filler kind of <laughs> uh, substance for um, lyrics of a song. But the way that it's executed is just is so cheesy. And um, yeah, th those particularly noty sections where it's um, it's lyricized completely syllabically. So every single one of those notes gets a different syllable. Um, it, it's just, 
it, that can be effective in a comic way. Like I think a lot of musical theater, um, there's often really fast talking songs, you know, right. kind of list songs. If you think of like uh, Adelaide's Lament or something from uh, Guys and Dolls is a good example of that. Um, but it's because that sounds a little awkward and funny that it's used in that way in kind of a tongue in cheek, jokey manner. And right. for this, doing something so earnest where um, there's not really much substance underneath so well i I think i know the moment you're talking about in this track there's that moment when she's like all things are real unless you dream they're not yeah (laughs) words that are that was weird also that just that's a (laughs) horribly awkward line all things are real unless you dream they're not unless you dream they're not (laughs) yeah you would say unless you dream they're not you wouldn't say unless you dream they're not right you know it just makes it sound awkward um, you know what? And and I have a lot of these feelings whenever I listen to. If there's so many '90s RPG JRPGs where they have an opening song <laughs> that has vocals, and almost every time I'm like, "Please, it was fine before the vocals came in." Uh, so this is by no means like a rare instance for this game. I think it happens all the time, and for me. Uh, the majority of video game tracks that have vocals do not work for me, actually. So that the things like Near, you know, these rare examples of when it really works and it's really uh, tasteful and beautiful um, is maybe even more impressive because by and large, a lot of times I'm listening to video game score and I hear uh, a song and then all of a sudden the vocals come in. I, I usually cringe personally. So that's just my take. All right. I'm really excited to move on to this week's track of the week. This is called Silver Light, which I believe is the title screen theme from Lunar Silver Star Story. But what's interesting is this, I think, was featured in the Japanese version of the soundtrack. So I don't know if the North American version saw this theme, but it's very simple, very short. I think it's very beautiful. Thought it was a good choice for track of the week. This is composed by Noriyuki Iwadari from Lunar Silver Star Story. Let's take a listen to Silver Light. are listening to silver light from lunar silver star story uh, this is is very clear that this is absolutely straight up general midi music there's no doubt about it at all this is midi music composed by noriyuki iwadare uh, i think this is really beautiful and similar to last week i uh we, we mentioned there's a couple of pieces of music that reminded us of zelda this reminds me of of zelda music i don't know what you think will you know what this reminded me of undertale interesting it reminded me of some of the music from I Undertale. I hear that. There's a particular dissonance um, in, the da, da, yeah. da, in some of these kind of spaced out rhythms. It also reminds me of like the simplicity of some of the themes in Undertale. Yeah. Where it's like 
as simple as it could possibly be. I, I don't know. I think this is really well composed. What are your thoughts yeah. on this as a piece of music? It's beautiful. I, I, I adore it. I think it's great. This is a definite good choice for track of the week. I also, um, I may have been particularly more moved by that track Berg. Mm-hmm. And I really did like the dance piece from the yeah. last game. But yeah, this is a really beautiful moment. All right. We're going to do something. I thought it was fitting to do this at least one time today uh, because Stephen did want us to compare these two soundtracks. So we're going to play a piece of music that was actually featured in both versions of the game. This is the Dark World theme from Silver Star Story. And it's the same piece of music that we heard in the first game, but some updated sequencing and some updated drums and things like that. So let's take a listen and see what our thoughts are compared to the original Dark World theme. You guys are listening to Dark World theme from Lunar Silver Star Story. Now, what's interesting is you're going from 92 to 98 here because this came out for the PlayStation. So this is way later, but it's interesting just how similar <laughs> Iwadari's arrangement is here to the, the original. The drums are worse. Like when you go back and forth <laughs> and compare the sound of the snare drum, the original mm, one sounded yeah. like a better, I guess, sample. And yeah, the snare is much louder awful. in the mix, and it's a different sample. Um, other than the drums, it, it's a very similar arrangement. I do like the counterpoint that happens in that little B section with mm-hmm. some of the woodwinds. That was nice. Yeah, that was the nice. The brass, I feel like, sounds even worse. The strings <laughs> sound exactly the same. Yeah, it's, the woodwinds sound better, though. The woodwinds sound, yeah. um, I guess, like, you know... It sounds like Twilight Princess or, you know, like GameCube era. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, I know we just got started with the second one, but so far, what is your take? How would you maybe compare the two? I'm actually amazed by how similar they sound sonically. Yeah, they sound very similar. If anything, the second one so far sounds worse, I guess, um, would be my opinion. Interesting. Like that Silverlight was a great track, but implementationally it sounded worse than the harp yeah that stuff i know what you mean that silverlight that uh the japanese version definitely sounds worse because i think it's literally just midi like someone taking a midi file and making it an mp3 um so that that definitely makes sense uh let's continue and let's see let's see what we can hear as as we move on there's definitely some pieces of music that uh have a little bit more uh kind of synth performance element uh let's move on to the four heroes
nice composition here. You guys are listening to The Four Heroes from Lunar Silver Star Story, composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is, a, this is a great track, and this this gets my imagination going. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed those castanets. I thought that was a nice touch. Melody is is very mysterious, um, and this is an example of 90s video game music where I, I think it's pretty charming and endearing. I, I don't think the sounds hold this one back too much for me. Uh, I think it's just a good yeah, composition. Yeah, Kind of reminds me of LucasArts, like Michael Land a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, there's kind of a swashbuckling nature. There's an interesting thing um, with some of the low string pitzes. Uh, I was just noticing like how the bass frequencies were just like so loud. I almost <laughs> yeah. wonder if he kind of like cranked up the bass and sub bass frequencies just Sounds to like make it. it sound more realistic. Because um, like when you actually hear, you know, sampled bass pitzes and stuff, it it mm-hmm. does kind of have a more spacious sound, but to me it just makes it sound like poorly mixed and EQ'd. Well, it's and really I imagine interesting. on like some TVs it would probably like rattle the rattle the little Yeah, I'd speakers. be curious. There's definitely a lot of early game music that uh, when you listen to it, it's clear it wasn't mixed for headphone use. It was mixed for a lot of times, you know, being played on those old TVs. So I have a feeling it probably it probably works better on an old school TV. But yeah, I'd be curious to hear that. There's definitely a lot of low end that we hear um, listening with headphones. That's interesting. Cool. I like that track. I think that was good. All right, we're gonna move back to some some straight up general MIDI sounds. This is another from the Japanese version of the soundtrack. But this is a really good piece of music. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. This is Fighting Spirits, which I I think is one of the battle themes of Lunar Silver Star Story. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Fighting Spirits from Lunar Silver Star Story, and I think this is a great battle track. Really solid writing. Uh, it reminds both of us of some Mega Man music. Um, it's it's pretty rough to listen to this general MIDI presentation. I don't know why this this Japanese version of the soundtrack. It, I I literally think it was just MIDI files um, that that must have been maybe implement. Maybe it's the. I think it could be the PC. Uh, the PC version, maybe, of this Yeah, game. but there's, like, crappy reverb and stuff on it, too. Like, this is, like, exactly the sound that I hate of, like, PlayStation and, uh, right. you know, Sega Saturn kind of stuff. Like, right. But, yeah, 
awesome track. This feels like a long-lost Capcom thing. That sort of jazzy, modulating B section. This part. That reminds me yeah. of Manami Matsuma. No, and I'm happy to hear this tone because it is something I think of Iwadare. He's really good at writing this kind of classic battle video game music. Like the work that he did on the Power Rangers, the movie score. There's a lot of cool tracks like this. Even some of the, th- I think he did one of the Ace Attorney games. And I think some of his music in that is is similar to this. So yeah, that's, that's just a great piece of music. All right, let's move on to something a little bit more sensitive. This is kind of a, I think this is a solo piano piece of music. It's called Morning Bell, and that's morning uh, with a U. Let's take a listen to Morning Bell from Lunar Silver Star Story. Another nice time capsule. Uh, This piece of music is showing you what virtual instrument piano sounded like in the mid-90s. So that's interesting to hear. This is Morning Bell, which is a variation of pretty much the main theme of Lunar Silver Star Story. Very beautiful uh, theme. Very beautiful piece of music. Will, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is really pretty. I was really kind of getting lost in the music. It's nice. This is like the first uh, solo piano thing that we've had um, today. There was actually a solo piano piece in the first game that didn't make the cut. I think it was called Sadness or Tragedy. Um, and it was kind of a similar tone to this. I think it was a different piece of music. It's interesting. I, I thought uh, at first that the Silver Star story had an entirely new soundtrack, but there are certain pieces of music that they did call back from from the original. So it's interesting to see when he decided to do that and when he decided to do something original. So, all right, let's move on to the boss battle theme. This is Boss Battle from Lunar Silver Star Story, composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. You guys are listening to the boss battle theme from Lunar Silver Star Story. Not sure if this is original material or things that are called back from 
the original uh, version of the game. But yeah, I, I just like the energy that this piece of music has. You know, it's putting a lot into it. Um, you know, again, the presentation is a little bit silly and cheesy, but um, yeah, I think I think Noriyuki Iwadare definitely put a lot of heart into the work on both of these versions of the game, and it's it's good music. Yeah, I don't think it's music that uh, holds up to some of the other great series that that we feature on the podcast, but but it's definitely solid. Yeah, I don't know why I'm getting so caught up on the implementation on today's episode. It's it hard really not to. goes against um, a lot of my philosophies about music, and I do believe that uh, people should listen past sound. Um, but there gets to be a point when sound uh, almost distracts you to the well, point where it's difficult to focus on composition. But isn't that interesting? Even for someone like you who is aware of that and who tries your hardest to not have that, it still happens. It's really hard to not get distracted by the sound because... It's it just, it's coloring everything. You know, there's like this, this xylophone line that honestly, if I probably heard it with, with a real orchestra, I probably would accept it more. But hearing it with this general MIDI xylophone, it's it's so present and it stands out in a way that, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily give this theme the best presentation. So yeah, well, it's so what hard I feel not to be distracted. What I is difficult is music uh, on a fundamental level is the manipulation of sound. And so to look past this, you it's almost, it's not exactly like reading sheet music, but it's that same level of encoding and decoding a message. Right. Um, and so to listen to the good aspects of this, you kind of need to translate in your head. This is the sound I'm hearing, but the sound that is actually intended is meant to be this. Right. But that's very different than just listening to a piece of music and being moved by those sounds. And also it is asking asking a lot more of the listener to be able to do that. And so it is, you know, just in its nature, kind of more niche music because there's so many people that right away would turn this off and be like, oh, no, no, I'm not going to listen to this. I do think there are certain um, styles and uh, melodic tendencies that lend themselves better to primitive sounds like this. And I think the pieces that we really liked on these soundtracks are the mm -hmm. ones where maybe we didn't comment as much yeah. on the limitations or that the limitations weren't necessarily holding it back. But this is an example of a piece that it's almost biting off more than it can chew. And to yeah. me, if I were playing the game, I would be distracted by the music because even though it's bombastic and fun, and it is sort of like what I was saying about that, you know, big boss theme in uh, the original version where it's like, I kind of enjoy the imagination that's being used. Right. I could say that about this track, but at the same time, the problem with that is since it isn't a real orchestra, it's just kind of exposing all of the flaws and limitations with these sounds rather than right. trying to just do what sounds good with general MIDI. It's kind of trying to make general MIDI do what it sounds not so great attempting. Absolutely. That's no, a great point, man. All right, let's move on to, I think, the third and final example from the Japanese soundtrack that we are focusing on today. And then we have a few more North American tracks to close it up. So this track is called Traffic, and I believe this is the town theme. And again, this is only in the Japanese version of the soundtrack. Let's take a listen to this from Lunar Silver Star Story.
This makes me smile. I really like this a lot. This is Traffic, which is the town theme from the Japanese. And what I did a little bit of research and I found out. So what we're listening with these Japanese versions, this is a Japanese PC soundtrack version, which featured yet again exclusive music that Iwadari composed that was not heard in the console remake or obviously the original for this for the CD. So yeah, there's multiple versions of this game that all have kind of their own music. And so, yeah, uh, and it, 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 it was right. I'm, I'm on this site right now and you can download all the actual MIDI files of the Japanese PC soundtrack. So that's what we're listening to is just a MIDI file with some reverb added. That's so interesting. I can't think of another example where the same game every time it's remade gets different music by the same composer. It's kind of nice. examples of like the two versions of Sonic 3D Blast, but completely different styles by different composers. Or one of my favorite examples is the um, Game Boy Advance Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah, where that's Dave cool. Wise did the whole score. And that was Even a treat, actually. He created the style of Donkey Kong Country music. He didn't work as much on the SNES version for the third one. Well, yeah, he only did, I think, five pieces for it originally. Yeah, I actually love that because at the end of the day, you already have the original. You can always go back and listen to it. It's great to get new Dave music. So, yeah, I, I think that's great. And, yeah, what a treat for fans of this game. You get a lot more Iridari melodies. And you guys should really check out that Japanese. If you can get past, past the sound of the general MIDI, the Japanese PC soundtrack, I think, is really good, actually. There's a lot of really good pieces of music. Uh, and, hey, our track of the week was was from that version. So that's cool. All right. Uh, let's play a track that I think is pretty cool. This is Reach for the Front. Here we go. Well, this is one of my personal favorites on Silver Star Story. I think this is really groovy, and it's nice to have more synth um, elements in here. I think this is using more, you know, uh, 90s synth, not just that straight-up general MIDI sound that a lot of the uh, pieces have. Because, you know, with, with the CD-ROM systems, there's a lot of different approaches. You know, you could, you could take uh, synth instruments that you have and actually record a multi-track song, or you could sequence something with MIDI. There's a lot of different approaches, and... Uh, I think the sound that this track has, I kind of wish was more of the default sound for the series because I think, as cheesy as it is, um, in some ways it holds up more and it's just um, kind of is translated better. Right, because it's it's synthesizer sounds as opposed to trying to approximate an actual instrument. Yep, it kind of just reminds me more of classic video game music, which is why I really like it. I think it's groovy. Yeah, I really like that kind of like funky disco kind of guitar line hey before you, know? you say well let's let's just ask uh, the ether here of our audience 
Does anyone know what this piece of music reminded us of? Let's give five seconds and then we'll give the answer. <laughs> Balrog. It's very Balrog-esque. Yeah, and totally. That's cool because that's also a great track. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's high praise. All right. Let's move on to the last piece of the day. This is Determination from Lunar Silver Star Story. This one is kind of orchestra meets synth. Let's take a listen. Very cool. This is a variation of the main theme with a really interesting drum groove for a, a, a track that's in 3-4 meter. Uh, pretty inventive drum part. It kind of takes you a while to even realize that it's in 3, but uh, this is Determination from Lunar Silver Star Story, and I'm actually really glad that we, we did this episode. It's obviously music that we probably wouldn't on our own have focused on if it wasn't for the suggestion um, from Steven. So first of all, we want to thank Steven again, and hopefully you enjoyed our take uh, on this music. Uh, we definitely were, were a little critical of it at times, but I think it did lead to some interesting discussions as far as how you can separate presentation from the musical material. And that's something that is so important for early video game music. It's something that I deal with a lot of people in my life that don't share my passion for video game music, it's a sticking point. And when you play them a piece of old school game music, a lot of times they have this cringy reaction to it. Um, and it's it's definitely not something for everyone. But there were, there were times today where uh, I think we were able to, the, the music was able to transcend the presentation. And that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Yeah, the, this really is a great series of um, soundtracks. Uh, I yeah. would love for there to be some sort of Kickstarter or, uh, I don't know, Indiegogo or crowdfunding thing to maybe record a single orchestral album, sort of a greatest hits of um, yeah. all of this stuff and um, record with uh, a real orchestra. I think it's yeah, kind I mean, of my long overall- overdue. My overall thoughts on it is uh, it's definitely hit and miss. It's it's a little bit rough around the edges. There's plenty of pieces of music that um, don't reach don't reach a very high mark. But yeah, there are diamonds in the rough here. There's some great melodies. I think if you had an overhaul with the presentation, um, it would translate very well. We're gonna play you guys out with. A really pretty song. It's called The Boat Song, also known as Wind Nocturne from Lunar Silver Star Story, which features vocals. Once again, composed by Noriyuki Iwadara. We want to thank not just Steven, but all of our lovely patrons. We have some more Patreon-suggested episodes coming up this season. So thanks so much for everyone for supporting us on there. Thanks to everyone for leaving iTunes reviews. That's very helpful. If you're interested in following us, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube. Our website is supermarcadobros.com. 
which we have not just the podcast, but all of our original music, which is all pay what you want. And the last thing is if you are interested in chatting with us and hanging out with the entire Mercado fam, definitely check out our uh, Discord server. And if anyone needs an invite code, just shoot us a tweet or a comment or an email. Uh, We're always happy to send those over to people. So that's always a a really good, fun time uh, chatting with that community. So anything else you got, Will? That's all for me. I think at the time this episode will be out, we will have just uh, finished our live show at VGM Con this past weekend. So if you're listening and you came out to check that out and uh, saw our show, thank you. Um, at the time of recording, we haven't performed yet. <laughs> we haven't done it So yet. hopefully we don't like Let's die don't on the up. way there or hopefully it's not <laughs> terrible and we get booed off the stage. Um, Let's hope that Will doesn't play a B flat when he means to play a B. That would be really bad. Yeah. I need to go practice, actually. Whatever you do, don't be flat. Just please don't be flat. Oh, that's funny. Do you know that Ben Folds song? Did I ever show you that? It's called F10DA. I think you did show me that. That's hilarious. All right, guys. Yeah, this this was a good time. Uh, stick around. We got some great episodes coming up. And thanks so much for everyone if you came out to VGMCon. Uh, all right. We're going to play you out with Wind Nocturne. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Turn their gaze Waiting on a shooting star